Hello, it's Peter Wright from The Yacking Show with episode number 187. And this is the show that aims to enlighten you, to empower you, enable you, and also hopefully will give you a little bit of entertainment, all to help you awaken to the changing world we are living in, give you a new perspective to succeed in that world. As always, we have interesting guests for you. Today is no exception, but Kathleen, my co-host, introduces guests way better than I can. So first for me is to welcome Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you for that intro. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. We'd love to hear from you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Simon Severino. Hello, Simon. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, everybody. Excited to be here. Excellent. Now, Simon, you are the founder of Strategy Sprints, and that's a B2B consulting firm that helps entrepreneurs reach financial freedoms. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you became a consultant to businesses? 21 years ago, I did fall in love with one big problem, how to enter a market, how to win in the market. Because it's an intellectual stimulating, but also an emotionally stimulating problem. It's a big problem. It's complex. It's made of timing, the angle, the why, the how, the what, the who. It's everything condensed in that. And it's a vital thing for teams. There is no team not thinking about what's the right thing to do and how to do it. And that's strategy. So I did fall in love with strategy and especially go-to-market strategy. And um, I did nothing else for the next 21 years. Every day I showed up just to serve entrepreneurs with go-to-market because that's that's my thing. And I did it every day. And even if I'm a person who gets bored very easily, I have never been bored one minute because there is a confluence of so many things, timing, content, the social aspect. And the technologies have changed in 21 years. The market have changed this week. Every day, something changes in supply chains in the markets. Mm -hmm. So it kept me on my toes. Wow. Yes. And you're certainly right about changing. So, you know, reading a little bit about you and looking at your website, um, one of the things you mention is to is how to shorten the path to wow. So that when I saw that, that really intrigued me. So tell our audience a little bit more about that. Everybody listening right now has magic and does magic. Now, some will go, no, I don't do magic. I do accounting. Yeah, but there is some magic. So if you do accounting for somebody, the magic is they can sleep like a baby while you take care of them being audited. Mm -hmm. It's a magical thing to have somebody sleep like a baby, right? So as an example, so one of the 274 blueprints that we have for our clients is, all right, let's create a wonderful initial experience with you. Let's say you sell flowers and now 
you are testing a software to send emails about those flowers. So you are, for example, an, a MailChimp competitor. You can have an awful first experience. Like, hello, welcome to our free trial. Please upload your CSV file. <laughs> Most people, they leave you or they don't even know what a CSV file is. So bye-bye, you lost them. Yeah. Awful experience. You can think from the other side, what's the wow if they work three months with our software? And then it's, wow, they have a small business, but it feels like as professional as a big brand. Okay, how can we make that experience happen in the first four hours, in the first day? So we workshop it a little bit, and then we go, all right, there are three blueprints, three pictures of flowers. Welcome to the free trial. Here are three pictures of flowers. Which one do you like? Click it. Here are three variations of copy. Click the one you like best. Here are three call to action buttons. Click. Now send it. Wow, congrats. Uh, you just send out an email that is as professional as a big brand. How does that feel? Now, would you like us to help you a little bit more? Tell us who do you communicate to? Share your contacts with us. By the way, it's called the CSV file. Now you have a better onboarding experience. Mm -hmm. And that's how you shorten the path to wow. Don't let them wait three months. What is the smallest experience, a taster of your magic that you can make happen in the first week, in the first day, maybe in the first four hours? It's one of the tools that we use with our clients. Mm -hmm. So you wow. already mentioned the 274 templates. So on your website, you do say that you develop these 274 templates of the strategy sprints method. Can you tell us about that in more detail? Yeah, so in 21 years, people ask me, Simon, uh, how do we market? How do we start conversations? Simon, how do we sell? How do we close deals, start projects? Simon, how do we onboard clients? So there are the, the, these typical questions that we all have as a business owner. I was asked so many times that at some point, I had a template. I said, oh, yeah, let's use this from that project here. Copy, paste, change, adapt, try this. And if it worked 10 times in different industries, then I was like, hmm, I'm going to save this. This is a template now for, for the next um, questions. Whenever somebody asks me that, hey, let's use that. It worked so well. And so over time, I had a collection of things that work, a toolbox. And that toolbox over 21 years became the Sprint University, which is 274 modules. So it's short videos where I show how I do it. And then you click it, you download your own template, and you just put in half an hour and you have a go-to-market strategy. You put in half an hour, you have your onboarding process instead of spending days or weeks if you do it on your own, because you have to think, how do I solve this? And the content. So in this way, you don't have to think about how to do You You get your prompt put in half an hour, you stay just in your zone of genius and you don't have to think about the process mm -hmm. of, of creating things. Just, okay, you, you just do your thing and you get done faster. That's why I like tools. They save people time. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's sounds, really cool. sounds good. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 very good. Okay, so I got one for you. Um, you. You've worked with clients all over the world and I know that you talk about finding three CEO habits. So do you want to expand on that a little bit? What are those habits? 
Yes, and especially in in these days where supply chain are, are disrupted, markets volatile, everything volatile, like everything is out of our control. Mm-hmm. So when we run a business, what is actually in our control? I have only three things that are a hundred percent in my control when I run a business: the daily habit, the weekly habit, and the monthly habit. The daily habit, and this is the core of the strategies, Prince Method, that I describe in the book. So the daily habit is how did I allocate my time today? And what will I delegate tomorrow? And if I would live more freely and more intentionally, what will I do tomorrow? It's a simple list. Yeah, eight o'clock I do this, nine o'clock I do this. It's very simple. But with these two reflective questions and with the habit of doing this every day. You don't just do work, you also learn from how you work and you improve the way you work every day. And if you delegate a little bit to software, to to outside contractors, to your teammates, now you are scaling the business. Bit by bit, you're growing it. And everybody becomes a leader because everybody does this daily habit. The weekly habit, okay, how do we know if we're moving in the right direction at the right pace? So we have a dashboard of three numbers, a marketing number, a sales number, and an operations number, a delivery number. And we want that every seven days. That's a kind of a real-time dashboard that is telling us, are we, are, are we moving in the right direction at the right pace? Without that, I would never know, are we, are we winning? What is working? Of all the things that we are doing, which ones are working, which ones are not? And I want to know it because... What works right now, I want to do more next week. And what doesn't work, just stop it. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the weekly habit. And the monthly habit is short competitive analysis and then rebudgeting according to, okay, the 10 features that we are doing right now, uh, which in which one are we really crushing it and in which one are we actually meh or we are losing against our competitors. So let's cut budget for next month from where we're losing and let's reinvest those 15%, 20% next month directly into where we are already winning because if you are already winning in doing that and then you put in more resources, more attention, more dedication, then you are crushing it and you have now a defendable position because it will be harder for other people to have a higher quality than you have mm-hmm. and to take your clients. Right. Oh, excellent. So you've said that you can double a business's revenue in 90 days. That's a pretty bold statement, Simon. So how how would you do that? Good news. It's, it's much easier than it sounds. So to double revenue, it, the hardest part was to install these three habits. That's really the core operation system. It's easy actually to double revenue. Because you just need to get three things up by 25%. One is the conversion rate. So same amount of conversations per week that you have, Mm -hmm. but you close 25% more of them. Mm -hmm. Via better sales technique. So we coach them on sales technique. We get their Zoom recordings and we say, look, try this, do that. Oh, when you said that, look, look at their body language. And so we coach on the sales technique that improves the conversion rate. By 25%. The second part is 
increasing the price by 25% for the same offer. Maybe it's a little bit refined. There is a better onboarding. There is a better de-risking of the offer. So client testimonials, some part guarantees or full guarantees, risk reversal, and also proof of what you are stating that it's that it's working. And so there are eight things in positioning that we need to do, but are eight small things like client testimonials, etc. And when you do that and you're better positioned, now you can raise the price by 25% for the same offer without losing any clients. So that's the second thing. And the third thing uh, is to increase the sales frequency. And you can do that in two ways. One is to shorten the sales time from awareness to closing. You can do that with, with educational emails, with videos, with having, um, we call it a relationship building sequence. So designing the first 12 days in a way that you have 12 touch points in 12 days. And after 12 experiences with you, let's say it was video and YouTube and LinkedIn, etc., you have created 12 experiences and you have created 10 times value. Now they know you and they trust you. And if they need what you have to offer, they are now ready to buy. So you shorten the sales time. And especially in the B2B space, this is a massive reduction. Sometimes it's eight months, 10 months when people go for high ticket B2B deals. Those are the three things, reducing sales time, increasing conversion rate, increasing price by 25%. You do these three things and it's easy for us. It's like an acupuncture uh, doctor. You see always these three acupuncture points after 600 patients. It, it takes a minute to to, to feel uh, where, to, where, where to press. So it's, it's, it's not as hard as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Right. <clears throat> Another thing that you talk about is uh, <clears throat> how to maximize your return on luck. And that's one I haven't heard before. So I'm really interested to hear more about that. <laughs> so I find I found the, the word so funny. And it was started by Jim Collins, who was researching the good and the great companies. What makes the difference, right? Uh, the great companies what's the behavioral difference what do they do differently and i continued being curious about that and and really observing what are people doing uh, that that win right to get more luck and so it's actually if you look at it from from a simple perspective it's the teams get lucky that stand in the middle of the road and at some point <laughs> the luck bus hits them. If you stand on the sidelines, the probability is much lower. And so what's what's a practical example? So 21 years ago, I decided to pick a topic, pick a fight. I said, my fight is the strategy fight in a sprint way. That's my thing. That's what I stand for. And so every day I was showing up, independent of the weather, of the mood, of my energy, of my life situation, I, I would just show up and serve for that thing. And and this is how you stand in the middle of the road. You say, okay, I stand for a strategy in, in the sprint way. And when I wrote the book, it was called Strategy Sprints. The company was called Strategy Sprints. I have only one product to offer. It's called 
the strategy sprint. I have a YouTube show. It's called the strategy sprint. So this is how you stand in the middle of the road. Right. Uh, you pick a topic, you stand for it, and you you stick to it. And of course, sometimes it will be boring. So sometimes you will lose focus, etc. And so that's the work to keep um, to even not to escape, but to use that boundary to unleash your creativity. Okay, what can I do inside this small area? How can I tackle this? What's really alive inside of me? Which one is the question that is burning inside of me? Let's explore the question. Oh, today I did a mistake. Let's write about the mistake. Oh, today I learned something. Let's write a lesson piece. <clears throat> so you get really creative when you have boundaries around the area or the methodologies. Mm -hmm. And um, But that that makes the difference. If you look at okay. overnight successes like uh, Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, Tesla, Facebook, Apple, it took them decades of hard work, and everybody was, "Oh, this will never, this will never work." Yeah. Jeff Bezos, yeah. this will never work. No, 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 no. Uh, I remember that uh, this will never be anything. Right? But he stood in the middle of the road until, at some point, the luck bus hit him. But it took him like twelve years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, good. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, good. So, so Simon, can you walk us through the process you would take with a new client? So, I call you up and I say I'm I'm in need of some help. How would you? Where do we begin? How would somebody start working with you? Yes, we'll have a call and see where they are and um, if we are a good fit. And then there is a ten minutes survey where they go through a set of questions. And we create a game plan for them. The game plan is these 12 weeks, every week we'll have one thing that we solve, one bottleneck to solve. And so we come with a game plan to call one. We'll have weekly calls for 12 weeks. And in call one, we say, all right, based on your responses, these are your three goals for the next three months. And this is how we will achieve them. Can we agree on them? And then we refine them, we negotiate them. And when we have a commitment now in weekly coachings and supported by the, the 274 modules and blueprints. Now, uh, the team, which is founder plus one person from marketing, one from sales, one from operation. And sometimes if, are, if they're solopreneurs, it's one person with four heads. <laughs> but these are important roles. Mm. And... Then we start working in weekly sprints and month one is freeing them up, freeing time up. 10 to 14 hours per week, we want to free up of their time because usually they're working too much mm -hmm. and they're doing kind of everything. So we have them free up the time, delegate more, systemize, automate to software, hire people. And then month two, we improve the sales processes form, fit, and function of the sales systems, form, fit, and function of the marketing systems. And and every seven days, we measure progress. That's that's basically it. So after three months, they have better operations and they have better cash flow and they are more fun to be around in the evening when they go to dinner. They are more relaxed because the business is running and is a little bit less dependent on them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there are more fun dads and moms and, and people to be around. And this is where we get the energy back and say, all right, now we are proud. We did a good job. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
So I've got, we, we, we're doing okay for time. So I've got something I want to ask you. We are, we are noticing in, in Canada where we are based, but it's also evident uh, certainly in the USA. And, and I'm not so sure about Europe, although I have a brother in England who says there's a similar problem. <coughs> a lot of people lost their jobs with the lockdowns and the virus, right? Uh, some of those people are back working. Many businesses are closed completely, but many others are reopened. And a lot of the bigger companies are back trying to produce at full steam. But as you said, supply chain shortages are a problem. However, there's a phenomenon that when I drive into the city, I see we're hiring signs everywhere in service mm -hmm. industries. Uh, in um, motor car, auto dealers, uh, we have a Toyota a franchise up the road and they've got big signs we're looking for mechanics technicians and you go a bit further and someone's looking for a plumber someone's looking for an electrician and my brother says exactly the same in the uk i'm not quite sure about mainland europe what, so there's two two questions two parts to this question why have we suddenly got this phenomenon uh where we've gone from thousands of people being laid off to within a year people can't find workers and what are your clients doing about it yes super relevant questions the Bob Dylan would say the times they are a changing. And mm -hmm. is this really something completely new? Yeah. I would say the, the pandemic and then also the the printing of more debt to mm -hmm. answer that situation yep. has accelerated what was already happening. Right. But Instead of taking 10 years of innovation, it happened in one year. One year, right. So we have an acceleration of multiple things on the technical level, on the social level, on the market level. Um, and it's tough to cope with it because it's happening so fast. And, and this creates a moment where we have both disruption and creation. Mm -hmm. And the tough times are usually like that, where you see both happening at once. You see people losing their jobs and you see companies laying off personnel. And on the other side, you see uh, hiring signs and growing companies and people buying the insolvent competitors and growing faster than ever. Yes. So we have this situation which is quite, um, it's like a twilight zone where you see you yeah. see decay uh, of 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 things and you see growth and value creation and innovation at the same time and it really depends in which in which area you are and in which age you are for some people it's a tremendous opportunity mm -hmm. and 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 for some people it's how do i how how do i find safety again mm. yeah 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 you that that sums it up pretty well. And that and that's what we're seeing, this huge disruption and as you say, creation at the same time. Yeah. yeah and, interesting one. You know, we Peter, you and I have talked about this as well, because here in Canada we have a, a huge shortage of healthcare workers. Um mm -hmm. and but I think people are also reevaluating, or it was an opportunity for them to reevaluate their purpose in life as well. Mm -hmm. So people may have left an industry and now that's left that industry uh, looking for new employees, but people that have left have decided to go on to something completely different. Uh, I think we're seeing that as a trend too, at least 
we're noticing that here in Canada. I don't know about where you are. And you mentioned, I forgot to mention to our audience that uh, you're in Austria. So do you have any thoughts about that as well? Yes, we have coaches and clients in, in all countries, in all, in all time zones right now. So we see different things happening in different regions and in different industries. But, but it's really both at the same time. Like, for example, one of our clients is in California. He runs a restaurant. He can't find people to wash dishes mm-hmm. at his restaurant. He's washing the dishes as the owner of the restaurant, one of the best restaurants in Los Angeles. And he's washing the dishes in the evening because he doesn't have people who want to wash dishes for $29 an hour. Wow. wow. So, so on this, that's, that's what you just said, that people are reevaluating. Mm-hmm. what they want to do with their life because you know they're getting a stimulus check in the u.s they get a thousand dollars and you know they go on their computer they put it in bitcoin and dogecoin and they say i'm not gonna go back to the restaurant and they're thinking about living a different life should i move to puerto rico should i have my own garden <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's the lifestyle revaluation and meaning of life which i find actually pretty cool and then yep. so that, that people have this freedom, right, to completely um, think from a very free and um, even abundant and calm perspective. Hey, what do I want to do? Do I really want to go back into the rat race? Was it was it really that fun? It right. wasn't. And also the corporate people, corporate employees are reevaluating. Now, Apple is saying, okay, everybody back to the office. And people go, mm, yep. I don't think yep. so. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. No, it has. It was never a place of connection. Right. I never felt intimacy with anybody. I never felt creativity. Uh, I prefer to stay home and uh, listen to some vinyls until I have a better idea. <laughs> and with three clicks, I can start my own solopreneur business. Mm-hmm. Let me try that. Yeah. No, so that's true. We're seeing that. So sorry, Peter, I just wanted to to, uh, just finish up this one thought. So that's from the employee standpoint, but from, say, your client standpoint, the the restaurateur who's washing the dishes um, and can't find can't find the help. How do you advise somebody like that in terms of the strategy, in terms of trying to grow his business when he's just, you know, he's he's (laughs) he's working the business instead of being, you know, he he's hands on. He has no choice if he wants to remain in business. So how how do you handle some a client like that? That's super hard. Mm-hmm. There are sectors where you just you don't get the people, and that happens in healthcare. Mm-hmm. It happens in in most let's call them more mechanical jobs. The more yeah. knowledge uh, oriented the role. Um. The the more people you find, actually, you find talent, you find people who want to do it. So people gravitate towards knowledge-oriented roles where they are paid for ideas, for thinking, because that cannot easily be done by a machine. Mm-hmm. If you if you invent a robot that can wash dishes, that would be the best thing for California right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think somebody will quickly invent a robot that can wash dishes, and then he might uh, have one problem less. It's a bit, bit more complicated with um, pharmaceutical, technical people because 
yeah, that's still something that you need to learn for years. Um, but they're not gravitating towards those those educational sectors. And so that's the toughest part. And then you have the knowledge workers, like I am hiring business coaches, and I can pick and choose from Harvard, from Stanford. I'm here in Vienna. And I can say, I take only uh, Harvard graduates. And I get 400 applications in the same month. And and I can pick from Harvard alumni. When when did you experience this in any period of the world? Never. So that's tremendous opportunity for knowledge uh, workers and um, and tremendous difficulties if you are near to mechanical or manual work and and near to uh, supply chain issues you don't get materials you cannot build homes mm-hmm. that's right that's right but we were talking about opportunities before and and I have a, a good friend who's a plumber and he is now paying plumbers a salary that you used to have to be upper middle management to even think about, right? Yes. So, so for for those who are happy to work with their hands, there's some huge opportunities coming up. Yes, home builders, uh, yep. plumbers, uh, they are at the bottleneck. And in the bottleneck, you have the most pricing power. Absolutely. They can charge whatever they want and they have a yeah. waiting list. Yeah, we're finding also that a lot of companies are are coming up with hybrid solutions because, as you've mentioned, with your people who don't with Apple who don't want to go back to the office. So we have quite a few companies that are saying, "Okay, we need you in the office some of the time, so you can work two days a week in the office and three at home, or you can work one day." So there's all these hybrid solutions coming up, which is um, leading to some interesting challenges as well all around. So now we now we are getting towards the end of time, but I'm glad we went down that uh, sidetrack. Thanks, Kathleen, and thank you, Simon. That was interesting. So here's here's my burning question that I ask all successful people, and you're certainly in that category from what, we, what you've said and what we've read about you and what we've come to know about you. With all your dealings with businesses over the 21 years, you've obviously mixed with a lot of successful people and probably a few unsuccessful ones as well. Is there one single mindset or characteristic or habit that and you've been talking about habits, I know, is there one thing that sets the successful, and I don't just mean about making money, I mean well-balanced as well as wealthy, sets them apart from the people who just stay average? I think it's the mindset that I call keep rolling. So the mindset of standing up again after adversity so okay. today on, on my show, I had somebody uh, who said, Simon, I, I failed so many times in life and I have failed brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the, the perfect example of somebody, you could call it growth mindset or standing mm-hmm. up again, right? And um, I think it's a mix of not taking things personally Mm-hmm. Which is which is quite an important thing to learn in life. Not easy, sure. but not taking things personally. And and the second is you know to stand up again and to to fail brilliantly because you understand. Hey, I I take it as it is and I move from here because that's what I'm given. And so. Yep. To, I think it's to fail brilliantly and with the laughter, you know, and then to continue dancing, to continue rolling with what life gives you. 
mm-hmm. which is a playfulness, a, a moment of maybe of grace even, but mm-hmm. at least it's a playful um, embracing of what what is thrown at you. I like that. Yes. Uh, failing, yeah. failing brilliantly, I could subscribe to that one. <laughs> no, very good. Thank you, Simon. That, that's great. I, I've got to tell you, for the benefit of our audience as well, that we asked this question, I guess we've asked it 90, 100 times uh, over the period we've been doing this this podcast. No one mentions the hard skills, you know, that you've got to get a good education or university degree. <laughs> Everything comes back to what you can do inside yourself, right, which is what you've just been talking about. And every every hard skill you can learn on YouTube on your own. Meanwhile, of course, yes, yeah, <laughs> no, yes. you can. So thank you for that. That that's good. So Kathleen, back to you. Sorry. Yes, we're running low on time, Simon. But how can people contact you? So easiest way strategiesprints.com. This is also where they can download many of the tools that we discussed. They're open source. People can grab them. And there is also the book Strategy Sprints on on Amazon. If people want to go deeper into those topics and implement some of the things that we were talking about, because I share them very openly in the book. It's a very practical book. You can literally use it to improve your marketing, your sales, your operations. Excellent. Oh, great. Well, thank, thank you for you that. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. We so appreciated having you on the show. And thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to reading your comments. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.